Do all of your tales have tales? Mine too. We all enjoy a funny story, an uplifting account, or a sweet childhood memory involving animals. And that's what we're sharing on this podcast. As a lifelong animal lover like you, and as a professional pet and people photographer, you can imagine I have many tales to tell. This show features interviews recorded from the radio show Critter Patter and tales told by me or other special guests. With the holidays rapidly approaching and cold weather sinking in over us here in Colorado, this is a perfect time to have veterinarians Dr. Sedlicek and Dr. Diogracias from Veterinary Emergency and Rehab Hospital here in Fort Collins, Colorado on the show. So we're going to be talking about some holiday tips to keep in mind with your pets as it pertains to food and poisons and house guests and all the different things that you should be prepared for uh, during the holidays. And we're also going to talk about cold weather tips, especially for your pets who might have arthritis or other troubles dealing with the cold weather that is here now in Colorado. Uh, so enjoy the show today with Dr. Diogracias and Dr. Sedlicek. Hi, Monique Renee here, photographer from Silverpaw Studio. Every week at 6.30 p.m. here on Critter Patter, we talk everything animals. In the studio today, I have actually two special guests, both veterinarians at a local practice. And so we're going to learn a few different things that are especially applicable during this time of year. So welcome. And I'm going to say their names. They just told me how. We have uh, Dr. Dio Gracias. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's good. Thank Yay. You. Oh, wonderful. And Dr. Sedlicek. Correct. Yes. Awesome. I did it. Okay. <laughs> welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's great being here. Um, so I want to back up just a minute. I know we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but tell me what kind of led you both to the veterinary world, maybe a concise version of it. I was a little bit, I guess, you know, non-traditional. I wasn't someone where, you know, I grew up, you know, at age six, knowing I wanted, knowing I wanted to become a vet. Um, I worked in research after undergrad for several years and just liked working with the research animals. So that's um, kind of how I got my interest in, you know, applying to veterinary school. Awesome. Okay. And Dr. Sedlicek? Yeah, I, again, was one of those people who knew that they wanted to be a veterinarian from an oh. early age. I always loved animals, um, and medicine was a thing in my family because both my parents are human physicians. Oh. So I grew up surrounded by medicine, but didn't want to necessarily follow that path. As I got further in my education, I realized I was very interested in the life sciences and biology and kind of followed that into veterinary medicine. Wow, what lucky families. <laughs> you join your family has everything covered. Goodness. Um, any like little piece of advice for someone who is also a kid listening, saying, I want to be a veterinarian someday? I would just, you know, get all the experience you can. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to do well in school, but you want to be a well-rounded student overall. Mm -hmm. I mean, still, you know, try everything different. I mean, because you want to make sure that 
I mean, it's a big commitment, so you want to make sure that it's something that's right for you. Yeah. Yeah, and if you are interested, seeking out opportunities where you can work with animals and learn about animal health so that you do have a background of what it's actually like to be a veterinarian so Mm. that you know that that's what you really want to do. Right. Um, I'm thinking of like when my kids were little and they had access to our dogs and cats. But I know in veterinary school you were working on goats and horses and everything else. Mm -hmm. So get quite a variety under your belt. I love that advice. And I think little kids listening to this would love that too. More time around animals. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Reason to pick up a frog and bring it home. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) Well, you both have a specialty at your practice. Oh, we forgot to mention. You both are at Fort Collins Veterinary Emergency and Rehabilitation hospital here in Fort Collins, Colorado. A lot of our listeners would be very familiar with your hospital right across from what I call you're across from the human hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And you see a variety of, I'm sure, really interesting cases. We're going to kind of concentrate a little bit on emergency medicine and rehabilitation Mm -hmm. uh, because you're both experts in those areas. I don't know who wants to go first. Do we want to talk about emergencies? Oh, either way. Mike, do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially this is uh, one week to Thanksgiving, and I know that's going to weigh on some people's minds. Like, we're cooking this big feast that we don't normally cook. What can my dog have? Or we have family in town. What can I tell them? I'd love to hear also common things that people don't know you see. So, uh, Dr. Diagracias, tell us some more about emergency medicine. Well, right. So, Thanksgiving is a food holiday. You Mm -hmm. know, we're feasting on that day. And so, I mean, biggest things to be concerned about are what can your dog or cat or what other you know what other animal you have get into that um, you know might not make them feel well. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously you have your turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, all of those types of things. Um, turkey, I mean, you want to make sure bones and the carcass mm. is, you know a- away from them um, because they could get just. Really bad digestive upset. They could have pancreatitis, which is inflammation of uh, the pancreas, which could cause vomiting, abdominal pain, Mm. uh, just make them really seriously ill. Um, And then, you know, things like stuffing, mashed potatoes that has a lot of butter, also Mm. has onions and garlic, which can be toxic, especially to cats. Um, It can cause an anemia, um, so issues with their red blood cells. Um, but also, you know, just throwing away trash, um, you know, you know, put all, all that, you know, uh, extra food, you know, leftovers in the trash, make sure you just don't leave it over the, in there overnight. You take it out, you know, outside so your dogs can't, you know, get into the trash overnight and eat everything. Yeah. They're very resourceful, right? <laughs> They'll yes. follow their nose. That's right. Oh, um, and obviously the bones from the turkey, I mean, that can cause an obstruction in the intestines or even a perforation. Um, mm. So just making sure you don't, you know, don't give them the extra bones. Um, keep those away. And, uh, you know, again, uh, be careful with the trash. Things like, uh, you know, a lot of baking's going on, you know, pies and things mm. like that. Uh, so yeast, bread dough, you know, can oh. cause some issues um, as far as like bloating or um, oh. they can kind of become like, you know, drunk from the signs. Xylitol is a artificial sweetener that in, is in a lot of sugar-free gums, um, but it's been in peanut butter, so yeah. I'm not a baker, but I'm okay. sure there's <laughs> other um, artificial sweeteners that go into you know some of the baking. Items. So just make sure that if you're you know doing like a sugar-free you know pie or cake or something, you know see what you're putting into it. If it's a xylitol-containing uh, food, you know just make sure you're keeping that away from your dogs. That's kind of a big one. Can you spell that for the listeners so they yeah. know on the ingredients list? It's X Y 
L-I-T-O-L. All right. So look for an ingredient that starts with an X. Yes. Yeah. Especially in the gums because a lot of gums lot still of gums. have them. So yep. if you, I'm picturing house guests over with their purse and the gum in it. Right. Dogs might sniff it out. That happens a lot. Yeah. 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 And peanut butter, I guess. I'm not much of a baker either. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the peanut butters, I'm not really sure if there's a specific brand. Yeah. But, I mean, if it's sugar-free, just Yeah. Be generally, careful. the sugar-free products are the ones you need to worry about. True. Good point. And, and those uh, toxicities, or the toxicity with xylitol can be pretty bad. I mean, it can cause uh, liver failure, uh, can cause low blood sugar. So, you know, a lot of different issues that we have to treat, you know, pretty aggressively on. They can get sick with just a tiny amount, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, the first thing whenever we're dealing with something like that uh, is calling animal poison control uh, just because they have specific amounts. So any, uh, you know, for anything, um, I mean, it never hurts to, I mean, you can Google that number and call um, and, you know, just make sure it's, you know, if you have any concerns, they can, you know, kind of point you the right way. That's a, that's a good point. And your office, I'm sure, has that right up front, too. Absolutely. I know a few months ago when I first got my little dog, I thought I'd hidden away some really delicious nuanced chocolate truffles. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. She got to <laughs> yep. them. And that was the first thing the emergency vet said, OK, call, yep. call poison control, mm-hmm. set up this case, and then... They had access to that information. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, I took her in. <laughs> <laughs> and but. for Christmas, you know, like you're going to be wrapping candies, you know, things like oh, that. Yeah. If you have dogs, you I mean, you could still wrap it, but you might not want to leave it out there for mm. a week or something because they're going to sniff the it out. They're going to, oh. you know, so they'll, um, you know, they'll eat through the box. I mean, so, you know, there's concern with like eating paper and, you know, cardboard oh. and all that, but also getting to the, getting to the chocolate. So, oh my um, so just, you know, that's definitely happened before. I can even picture that in advent calendars you have around oh, or oh, yeah, any of those good, little yeah. trees or boxes. Yeah. And back to baked goods, one um, ingredient that our owners might not be aware is toxic is grapes in dogs. Yep. So any grapes oh. or raisin, raisins in baked goods, if they get into the cinnamon raisin bread, they mm. definitely need to be checked out by a veterinarian because that can cause kidney failure in some dogs. That's a great reminder because you had mentioned, too, onions. And I'd forgotten completely yep. about the onions and the grapes mm-hmm. that we think are fairly, right. yeah, you know, yeah. Ah, that's not going to do anything. It will in your mm-hmm. animal. So mm-hmm. good, good reminder. And obviously, you know, us being in Colorado, marijuana is legal here. Mm. You know, a lot of parties, I mean, might be having, you know, baked goods and things like that. Um, so really small amounts um, can really, can make a dog, you know, pretty ill uh, mm. quickly. So just being very careful as far as, you know, making sure that is, uh, you know, that is secure away. Other things, you know, as far as behaviorally, um, you're going to have a lot of visitors over Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of noises and, you know, things like that. So if you have an anxious, you know, dog or cat, you know, obviously you might want to speak with your veterinarian, potentially getting some medications to kind of help them through um, or just, you know, some behavioral modifications. But other things to keep in mind, you know, your friends or family might be bringing over their, uh, their, you know, puppy or, Mm. or older dog or might not get along with your dog, you know, so you just want to be yeah. careful as far as, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things going on. There's going to be a lot of, you know, tasty foods around. So there could be, you know, some food aggression between the dogs. So you just want to be, you know, very careful as far as, you know, making sure that the dogs that are in your house, you know, dogs and cats are 
you know, are getting along. I mean, we see a lot of, you know, bite wounds, dog, mm. dog, dog fight wounds over the holidays. Uh, oh. So um, just something to keep in mind. One note I tell yeah. my clients, especially those that have more nervous dogs, is our dogs don't necessarily understand that it's a holiday and mm-hmm. why their routine is changing. So they might not be having the most fun as you are if there's more people around, there's a lot more noise, particularly our ger- geriatric animals that mm-hmm. are worried about being jostled or mm-hmm. not used to having little kids tugging on them or yeah. coming to say hi. Giving your animal a safe place to get away from the visitors and not forcing them to interact if they don't feel like it. So, yeah. you know, once this is getting overwhelming for them, okay, we're going to put you in the back bedroom with your children toy and kind of give you a time out mm-hmm. so that they can decompress. That's great advice that's, yeah, too. That's so point. to really be thinking about that ahead of time a little bit probably too, like you're saying, it mm-hmm. might be fun to have all this wonderful chaos right. for you, not so much for yeah. your animals. What's going on where all these people come from? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Yes. And if you if you are introducing animals that don't know each other, maybe yeah. doing that before the celebration so that you can dedicate the time to seeing how they're interacting because in the middle of, you know, cutting the pie and talking to your relatives, you might not be noticing mm-hmm. that there's a conflict brewing, and that's mm-hmm. kind of um, when we see accidents. You know, when I was a veterinary student, we had a Newfoundland puppy that had been living with this family for a while. Um, the relatives brought over their older dog, and unfortunately, the puppy got bit on the head and had skull fractures and had to be hospitalized oh. for the whole holiday because oh. the, the older dog just wasn't used to having a puppy running around and trying to slap at its face and, and play when they wanted to just kind of hang out and hang out with their family. So making sure that you are dedicating the time and the attention to those animals when they're first coming into contact so that you can intervene before some something terrible happens. Right. Good point. I think kind of with this conversation, what I've distilled it down to a little bit is get your dog a special treat just for them so mm-hmm. you're not tempted to give them everything from the table and exactly. let all your guests know yep. like this is their special treats for this time and don't assume they're just going to get along with everybody every Absolutely. dog or person that walks in have an eagle eye on them do you mm-hmm. think yeah yeah i think those are great have we missed anything as far as you know we were talking about anxieties other yeah. things uh you know probably around new year's especially like people shooting off fireworks <sighs> yes um, I forgot. yeah I'm, I'm not sure how you know common that is here i just came from new jersey and oh. people would shoot off fireworks if it was columbus day oh my Eagles goodness wanted, okay you know, just everything <laughs> so i mean that can be you know kind of like a thunder phobia where right. like the loud noises can cause some you know anxiety in dogs so you know i think you know now might be a good time to think you know, has our dog been to the vet recently? You know, do we need to talk about some of these issues? You know, should we get some medications they have on hand? Are we traveling with them? Do they Mm. need to be vaccinated for travel or are we boarding them? Do they need vaccines for that? Do they need health certificates? You know, if you're flying or or Mm. traveling out of state, you'll need a health certificate for that. So that's, you know, other things to, to think about. And then other things, eating. So, you know, we talked about Thanksgiving, Christmas. Uh, we're going to have the Christmas tree up. Yeah. A lot of things on that tree could you know, cause oh, some issues. Boy. So, I mean, all the little ornaments, um, dog might eat them, um, could cause, you know, a block into their intestine. Uh, cats specifically, like, you know, strings and things like tinsel. that. So, yeah, the tinsel Gosh. around the tree. Yeah. Um, we can see, you know, that cause what we call linear foreign body, mm. you know, in the intestines, which can, you know, be kind of nasty. And then Christmas lights. So, uh, you know, they look like, you know, something fun for a, a puppy to chew on. Um, but they can, you know, get some electric, electric burns from that. So, yeah. you know, just, you know, we've seen that a couple times. So, I mean, that can cause, you know, burns on their face, but it can also, you know, cause like issues within their lungs, you know, potentially too, if they got electrocuted. So uh, those are just, you know, some things to 
keep an eye on. Keep all those extra cords safe. And this is a yes. terrible visual, but the old Chevy Chase movie with Christmas and the <laughs> yes. cat and yes. the whole thing burns down. Like, really prevent that. Yes. And so think safety with, because there is, you're right, a lot right. of extra cords around, isn't yep. there? I hadn't thought about that. And I also forgot that people light off fireworks at in January. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> yeah. not something I remember. So if, <laughs> if you think you've made it past like the thunderstorm season, be prepared for that too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, we've got a lot of things to think about. I'm glad people are listening to this right before the holidays. Give them a little bit of time to prepare. Um, and I would say if they are traveling, I hadn't thought of that either. Look up an emergency vet in the area you're going to. That's or, a great idea. Yeah, or if people are traveling here, I want to let you know the emergency website here is really long. I'm reading it. I'm like, <laughs> uh, uh, veterinaryemergencyandrehab.com. Yes. Yes. We do. we wanted to make sure we got that in here, too. So if you're from out of town and you're here and something's happening, this is a resource for you as well, 24 hours. Another thing to think about is if you are having somebody pet sit for your animals, mm. coming up with an emergency plan. So if your animal gets sick, you know, people might be overseas or, you know, not mm. not in the mountains yeah. or somewhere, you know, they can't get a hold, you know, you don't have cell service. So telling your pet sitter, like, if they get sick, this is where, you know, I want you to take them or, or you know, so coming up with that plan, it's something that people don't think about, you know, uh, which is you know completely understandable, but just True. one of those things to think about. Especially if you're just having maybe a friend or a neighbor check on them. This isn't because I've hired pet sitters and they have that checklist, yeah. but others aren't going to think about that. Exactly. <laughs> so yep. I have got something magneted to the front of my fridge or wherever it is the most convenient. Good point. All right. Well, we're going to segue now, and we're going to talk to um, Dr. Sedlicek about wintertime and maybe your older pets or your pets that have some more pain and ways you can help them through this. This is really cold right now in Colorado. It's bitter cold. And my dog isn't geriatric or painful, and I worry about taking her out there. What tips do you have for us today? Well, you definitely need to be cognizant of what kind of a dog you have when you're thinking about the cold weather. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have a northern breed like a husky or a malamute, I'm not too worried about them spending time Mm. outside on a day like this. But if you have something that doesn't have a lot of fur, like a pit bull or a whippet Mm. or a smaller breed like a Yorkshire terrier, they're going to be a lot more susceptible to the cold. They just don't have enough mass and insulation to keep themselves warm. Yeah. So on those days, be cognizant of, is this the day we're going to go on a walk? Do they need extra protection? Do they need a jacket? Do they need booties? Mm -hmm. Or are they happy to frolic in the snow and they never want to come in on a snowy day? because they're having a great time. And then beyond that, a lot of our pets um, develop osteoarthritis as they age. It's a very common um, thing that we'll see. And on these colder days, just like with people, I find that my arthritic animals are having a hard time. Mm. In the last two cold snaps we've had in the last couple weeks, I've had a lot of patients come in for emergent appointments with me or more frequently than they'd expect because their animals are having setbacks. And that Mm. can be everything from... You know, we're just not as active, and so they're sitting around, they're getting stiff at home, or we are going out and we're slipping on ice and aggravating injuries, or we're just not warming up before we go off and do our active stuff. I know you're saying you have a puppy at home now, and that puppy probably doesn't have any musculoskeletal injuries at this point, but just going out from zero to 100 and being a puppy out on (laughs) ice can um, can lead to problems. So being cognizant of that and 
trying to keep with our arthritic animals, we like to say we want them to be doing a little bit of exercise every day. Motion is lotion, so moving those joints, preventing them from getting too stiff. And if it's a really cold day, maybe that might just be around your house. So getting them up from that warm spot on the couch, having them walk around the living room with you, maybe go outside Mm -hmm. into the backyard, trying to get them up every couple of hours so that they don't um, get really stiff sitting until the late evening on their nice warm bed by the fire. Ooh, good, good point. I also want to remind people that you are the rehab expert. Yes. <laughs> so you're thinking about this not only during the cold time, but all the time for these puppies and cats, I would mm-hmm. assume, right? Yeah. So um, rehab in general, we're thinking about dealing with injuries and recovering to a normal standard of function. Mm-hmm. I also do sports medicine, which mm. is performance-based. So if there's some deficit in performance, be that for um, a seeing-eye dog or for an uh, agility dog or a herding dog or a police animal, how can we get them to that peak performance? So in cold weather, those are those are concerns for both of them. For my mm. animals recovering from orthopedic surgery, you know, a lot of people if they have the option, prefer to do those things in the fall, in the winter, when that animal's not going to be missing active summertime activities that they want to do. But we have to be a lot more cognizant about slipping on the ice. So we will use assistive devices, harnesses to help them go out on slick slick stairs or uh, out on the sidewalks. We might use uh, things to protect their feet. So there are booties or devices you can put around the toes for extra grip or even um, sticky devices for the bottom of the feet to protect them. Um, I also warn people about the salt that might be on the road. So if um, if your dog has warm enough feet that they can walk just barefoot in the winter, when you get home, I recommend taking a warm washcloth, just wiping off the salt from those feet so that it's not causing irritation to the toes themselves and they're not licking them and potentially getting GI upset from licking all that salt off of their feet. Oh, and I think, you know, at the complex I'm at, they put they sprinkle things down, but there's so many dogs there. I think it's dog safe, but they could probably still get an upset tummy from Mm -hmm. that. Oh, good point. Yeah, so especially if they have a lot of toe feathers that might be collecting more mm -hmm. um, salt than the average dog. Just taking a warm washcloth when you get home, wiping those feet off can prevent some of those problems. Oh, good reminder. Wow. And I was thinking, too, about your stoic animals. Yes. So some subtle signs. I, You know, my my dog, my my daughter just got a little puppy, but my dog is little but six years old. She loves to be outside. Now, when it's really bitter cold like now, she'll just turn herself around and come back in. Mm -hmm. She loves being outside so much that I might miss a subtle sign that, no, it's really time to come in. Once you start seeing the animal kind of shifting their weight between their feet, they might pick up a foot for a couple seconds to warm it up and then shift to a different foot. Okay. That's a sign that they're getting uncomfortable. Okay. If you see an animal shivering, um, that tells me that their body temperature has dropped enough that they should probably be brought inside. And in worst-case scenarios, if they've been out there long enough that they're becoming lethargic, that they're not responding to you as you would expect them to, definitely get them inside. And in that case, bring them in to be evaluated by a veterinarian right away. Do you think those little sweaters help much? I have a little sweater I put on mine. We're not out long. (laughs) I think it depends on the type of dog. If we're talking about those very thin-coated breeds like our Italian greyhounds, like pit bulls, they really don't have much insulation because they don't have much of an undercoat. So Mm -hmm. in those cases, I do think that those might be beneficial. If you're talking about your average Labrador or even like a chow that has a huge amount of fur, they definitely don't need more insulation. They have Uh, that undercoat to kind of give them that same benefit that a sweater would do. Even as a dog who's most of the time in the house? Yes. Interesting. Okay, good. Well, I think I'll just keep trying with the sweater. Yes. (laughs) But booties might be something... I can consider too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I live in a place where I have to leash walker everywhere. But that's good to know. Like if you just usually let your dog outside, remember to go go bring them back in. Yes. Right. And really watch for them, especially dogs who are like, yay, snow. And they run around and 
maybe they've been out too long. Yeah, and, and just like with people, the danger of cold is compounded when it's wet. So if we oh. have a really wet snow or the snow is starting to melt and mm-hmm. they might be walking through very cold water, those are the cases where I'm more concerned about heat loss. So yeah. um, just keep that in mind, particularly if you're out playing with your dog, keeping them away from water in cold periods of time, not letting them go grab that stick that they want to get in oh. the pooter. Yeah. <laughs> can definitely drop their body temperature quickly. Yeah. And I love the advice of move them around just around the house inside. Uh, what did you say is movement is? Motion is lotion. Motion is lotion. That's oh so amazing. I'm thinking of your all of your different joints and they need all of that fluid around them. Absolutely. To, to move smoothly, right? And our arthritic joints, the, the joint capsule itself, so the tissue surrounding the joint starts to contract and mm-hmm. it'll get smaller and smaller and stiffer and stiffer the more that we let them sit on the couch. So mm-hmm. I I always tell people the kind of the weekend warriors are my patients that are most at risk for bad arthritis pain. You know, if we're doing a little bit every day, we're not likely to cause a lot of irritation. But if that dog's sitting on the couch all weekend and then we're going to go snowshoeing on Saturday mm. and go 10 miles, something that's yeah. really outside of their normal activity level, that's a recipe for pretty significant arthritis pain. Mm-hmm. And you can see a dog go from being very healthy and happy to suddenly not being able to walk and having to come in and see us on an emergency basis because they have so much overwhelming arthritis pain. Another thing to keep in mind is that our animals do not tolerate our human painkillers very well. Mm. So if you do have an animal that seems sore, please do not reach for over-the-counter painkillers and anti-inflammatories. Our dogs are much more sensitive to those than people are. So if you do think your animal needs a painkiller, contact a veterinarian so that you can have some of that on hand when they do have these bad days so that we avoid you having to spend a couple days with us over the holiday for a toxicity. Oh, my gosh. That's so extremely important. I want to reiterate it. Please do not give your dog human pain medication. The same goes for cats. And, you know, I think that cats are especially sensitive to painkillers. It kind of limits the things that we can do for them pain-wise in veterinary medicine, which is where my specialty comes in. Hmm. Um, We like to use what's called physical modalities. So that is using um, physical stimuli to alter the way that nerves are operating and pain process- processes are being um, operating in the body rather than chemicals for doing that. So that might be massage, that might oh. be heat or cold. We use therapeutic lasers to oh. decrease inflammation and decrease pain. We also do acupuncture and manual therapy to neuromodulate um, around painful areas so that we can get the animal more comfortable even if their body can't tolerate a pain medication. Oh, that's awesome. And that's all under that one roof, too. Yeah. Um, And something that you specialize in. I'd forgotten about some of those extras. You know, you don't have to start right off with high pain medication type of things. Yeah. You can do all of these different types to help with pain inflammation. And if you have an animal that's prone to inflammation, there's a lot of things we can alter in their diet or in their everyday life that can decrease the risk of developing that inflammation on an everyday basis. Okay. Um, usually when I'm starting to see an animal that has some degree of arthritis pain, I'll start them off on an anti-inflammatory, but we try to transition them either away from using that medication all the time or onto supplements or things that might be a little bit easier on their system in the long run. And I'm thinking too. Say you have a younger animal that had has some kind of surgery. Mm-hmm. Can you you kind of expect that as they get older, they might have some arthritis around that injury or sur- previous surgery site? Um, it sometimes depends on what the surgery was and what their condition was going into surgery. Okay. Um, I often recommend anyone who's had an orthopedic surgery to get their animal into rehabilitation because. 
properly teaching the body how to use the joint, um, use the muscles surrounding it can limit the risk of developing osteoarthritis down the road if we can even out the stress on that joint. So there is a risk of that, but Mm -hmm. um, proper care following surgery can help to minimize that. So like immediately after surgery, right? Don't wait five years. (laughs) No, we we tend to recommend 10 to 14 days after surgery you come in and get a rehab evaluation so we can make sure that your pain is well controlled and start to use that leg as soon as possible. And then in conversations with you or, you know, whoever your rehab veterinarian is, you can say, okay, this is a long, long term plan, right? Right. Uh, One of the dogs I had, she broke her like wrist when Mm -hmm. she was really little. And I always was watching, okay, is she going to start limping on that, having pain associated with it? I never did ask the veterinarian, but I was always like, okay, she was only like three when that happened, right. making sure I was on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and one source of pain that I think that um, people sometimes overlook is that our cats are extremely prone to developing arthritis. And are that they? is a something that we don't necessarily recognize because we're not taking them out to the park and playing ball or taking them yes. on walks with us. So things to um, notice in your cat, if they're no longer... Um, sleeping in the places that they typically sleep in. So whether they were on a chair or a windowsill or a shelf before, now if they're on the floor or underneath something, they might not feel comfortable in jumping anymore. Mm. Um, If they're starting to have litter box issues, so peeing outside of the box um, or becoming more difficult to deal with, often aggression or a bad attitude Mm. in a cat is a cat that's painful and is saying, please don't touch me, that hurts. Mm -hmm. So if you're Mm -hmm. noticing these changes in behavior, making sure that you bring them to a vet to assess, is there a need that we're not meeting? Is there some pain there that's not being addressed? Yeah, because you can even help cats. Absolutely. Um, I love treating cats. Please bring me your cats. More cats would be lovely. Yay, kitties. Um, Because, you know, old school thinking is like, oh, they're just getting old. But there's things you can do to help them. Absolutely. For sure. And especially as we age, if we're not using it, we're losing it. So if we let them sit around and not use that part of their body because they're painful, lose muscle mass, then we're going to go downhill very quickly. Whereas I have some geriatric patients that are 16, 17, 18-year-old dogs that we're able to keep moving around and keep engaged in their family. You know, I tell these people, I don't I don't expect your dog to be a super athlete, but I want them to be able to go up and downstairs, get in and yeah. out of the car, go outside to potty without assistance and yeah. kind of focus on lifestyle goals like that. Have the good life. Mm-hmm. That's what we all want for Absolutely. our Absolutely. Can you believe that our time is just about up now? I'm, I just looked at the clock and thought, uh-oh. We better, we better wrap it up. Any, we have a, like one more minute, any parting thoughts that we didn't cover you want to make sure people hear? Oh, just um, even your healthy animals might not be getting out as much in the winter okay. because we don't want to get outside. Yeah. I sometimes see those animals just for fitness and mental engagement in the winter. Oh. We can work them out, take them through exercises and teach you things to do with them at home to keep them active and, get, and engaged in bad weather. Yeah. Oh, nice. I think I'm going to go home and like walk my dog around the kitchen island. I <laughs> think today. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, I would just say be, you know, proactive if you feel like, yeah. you know, especially over the holidays, if your dog or cat is feeling sick, you know, call us call us sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, your regular vet might, might might not be open, you know, on Christmas, Thanksgiving. So, you know, give us a call um, earlier rather than waiting before they're sick for very long. I tell my clients, mm-hmm. you know, if it's the middle of the night and you're worried, give us a call because yep. we're already there. We're already awake. There's yep, no reason for you to for stew you. for a couple hours. Peace of mind. It's priceless, isn't it? Yes. Even absolutely. if you say, oh, everything should be fine or watch and wait, whatever it is, yeah. you can always call. And again, it's veterinaryemergencyandrehab.com. <laughs> it's vet emergency and rehab. Vet, oh, dang yes. it. Yep. Vet even emergency and rehab.com, even yep. shorter. What's your phone number? Do you remember? 970-484-8080. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you both for being on the show today. Thank you. This thank was you, great. Buddy. Yeah. Um, and if anyone has any questions, they can definitely contact them at those numbers. And I wish everyone happy holidays here coming up. Yeah, stay happy safe holidays. out there. It'll be great. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tales with Tales. I sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you have any feedback, send me an email at monique at silverpawstudio.com. Until the next episode, I wish you many woofs, purrs, and T-R-E-A-T-S's. KRFC 88.9 FM Radio Fort Collins, Critter Patter is recorded in their studios in the Music District in the heart of Fort Collins, Colorado.